Hello, welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. We've got Luke Thompson. Hello. Steve Hall. It is me. And Graham Lodge. Evening. Who, uh, little round of applause later, did a fantastic job last week of the guest hosting. Thank you. A little snug. Too kind, too kind. A little snug podcast last week. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it was good. I don't know how we managed to fill 30 minutes of, uh, of apathy, but we've we managed it anyway. I'm assuming Regan wasn't on then. No, no. it would have been an hour and 30 minutes <laughs> if Regan had been on there. So on the podcast this week, we're going to talk about the games against Preston and Fulham, preview Huddersfield, new contracts, and of course, Steve Morgan. Going to cover that little story that's been circulating. I don't think anyone's really mentioned it, have they? What's happened? Something about him telling, I don't know. Okay. Merchandise, is it? I, I don't know, from <laughs> the club. Uh, before we start, um, little something I shared with Stu and Gray before we started recording the podcast, which sounds a bit ominous, I know. We Luke, should we should put this on Periscope just to see his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, have you heard about the Reading song? I've not heard it, but um, I've heard about it. So I all I know about this is that Reading, officially, I'm presuming, have released a song. Is it like the players singing or is it the fans? No, it's the fans. It sounds like a Eurovision entry. <laughs> but what's really annoying about it is that it really gets into your head. Okay. So I'm going to play it now. Um, just from the kind of where the chorus kicks in. And I want to... Everyone's opinions of... Everyone will have talked about it by this point, but here we go, ready? (laughs) Get the glow sticks out. Go on YouTube, no, find no, it. No, that is. But well, there's a no, line no, afterwards no. where it says something like, we're fighting the butterflies. And yeah. I was just managed some gigantic butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, why have they done that? They're not going to sing I it don't again. know. And I'm, I'm questioning why Reading decided, you know what we really lack? A Eurovision-style song for our club. I think that's that just... That just... Sums ready up. That just yeah, that just sums up why every why it's hard to like Reading. <laughs> because no, they're just so timper, aren't they? Everything about Reading just smacks timper. They're just imagine supporting that. You can just imagine they've employed some young marketing graduate that's been Saturday and watching Father Ted DVDs <laughs> and the My Lovely Horse episode comes on and he thought that's going to be good for the bands. <laughs> we should play it on Boxing Day. It may, it may, oh yeah, it made me think. Remember Wolf songs of old, where we used to have a, a new song at the start of the season. You, you've never heard. You never. Welcome to the crowd, and we, we used to have like a, a, an official song at the start of every season when I was and a kid. At we least. had the rip off of "We Will Rock You" by Queen, didn't we? Briefly, that was played before the games. Hey oh, Jonesy yeah. as well. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, there was loads of them. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. You could actually buy, you could buy a CD, like, yeah, couldn't you? You could buy a CD in the club shop. Isn't this your first season as a season ticket holder, though? So you probably missed most of them. Well, that's what I mean. I'd die usually getting something until about quarter past three anyway. So that's probably <laughs> what I missed. Bring back the official song. We could do it. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, we could. The fancast song. We'll just stand there with a scarf like that. <laughs> fancast rap. Hand over the ear to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm singing. No, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> moving, moving swiftly on. Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry, I'm not the host this week. I don't apologise. Oh, oh. he's, he's got his jumper on now. <laughs> so that was control. Some fun stuff. Let's get into the serious stuff now. And as you all are aware, 
Uh, Stephen Morgan announced on Monday that he was going to sell Wolverhampton Wonders. He's going to sell all of his shares and he's stepping down from the board immediate, immediately. Uh, a bit of a shock move. No one really saw it coming. And with the rumoured um, confrontation with fans at the Preston game, many people are trying to put two and two together. Gentlemen, first one, out of the blue? I think it was a bit left field. I mean, it's, it's, it's strange because um, everybody sort of figured it was going to happen. But no one expected it to happen at the same time. And he did it in the speech he made at the um, end of season dinner as well. It was all about looking to the future and all mm. that. So he, it was either lies or he wasn't planning it then. Well, have a look at the front cover of the Wolverhampton magazine that's gone yeah. through the doors over the last month. I'm an adopted son of the city now mm. and all this suggesting rubbish. It just seemed a bit out of the blue. Seems like perhaps has there been a, a rough decision there or perhaps he's just gone, you know what... I just, just can't do anything. What do we assess about Morgan's time at Wolves so far? Graham Lodge, I believe you did an article recently for the Express and Star. Successful. Yeah, so... Yeah. I'm going to put a, drop it now. People, if, if, now. If, if people want to see my see my views rather than listen to them now, just <laughs> tootle on and read it. Now, in, in, in fairness, I'm a bit nonplus about the whole situation. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not really going to miss him. And at the same time, I... Part of me does feel that it's not the best scenario, mm. but I think it's. I think Steve Morgan's reign as Wolves owner has been a massive missed opportunity. I really do. I can't help but feel that it it it, it could and probably should have been better. Mm. Promised a lot, delivered some, but on the, in the grand scheme of things, he delivered quite little really. We've got, but I think maybe. Five six years time, we might look back and think it wasn't actually that bad mm. overall because we've got fantastic training facilities. We've got a Category One academy, mm. and we'll reap benefits of that for years to come. And maybe maybe in six seven years time, with the benefit of hindsight, we might look back and think, yeah, actually he did do mm. a lot of good in his time. But I just think I, I, the dub, double relegation didn't help, um, and I personally think he lost. A lot of fans support that night that he went into the dressing room after the Liverpool game and berated yeah. the team and completely undermined Mick McCarthy. I think the timing of the sacking of McCarthy didn't help. The appointment of Terry Connor definitely didn't help. Mm. And then he was he was poorly poorly advised on both the Sol Bakken and the Saunders appointments. And I think it just got to the point where it was a succession of events and things uh, things were getting worse and worse. And his his manner of uh, shying away from the public eye didn't mm. help matters as well. I know he, he braved one fans' parliament interview where he fielded quite a lot of questions mm. on the matter. But other than that, he keeps a low profile. And I think that's. I think the problem is when when managers need support like Kenny Jackett did at the time of the announcement. I mean, we've now got the benefit of last night's winning against Fulham. But at the time, Kenny needed backing and he needed support. So he didn't need his chairman to go out and say, "Right, I'm off. Mm. See you later." I think the the intent. He had, he's always had good intentions. The execution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not a good executioner. <laughs> the um, the stand and the stadium situation, his name is a complete farce. Mm. And that's not... Actually, the, the steps at the back of the Steve Ball, they've actually painted now. The railings, the gold railings where you've got the green up and the um, the no entry sign, that's all the actual metalwork's been painted and they've painted the floor stripes as well. But yeah, it's just the, the relegations and... Silly mistakes and things like that. I, mean, I think the the outburst sums it up. I think. I mean, it, yeah, it shows passion and everything, mm. but it's not really very professional. 
he almost he almost started off, and the, the plan, as it were, was working up until the Premier League, up until that third season. All led to disarray. Almost like Wolves didn't know what to do with themselves for two years. We were rebuilding again under Jacket, but it's almost perhaps it's got to a point where it's like, can I really do this all over again? Can, can I put the funds in uh, to push Wolves again? Just on a, a Express start, um, went back into the archives and found a piece when they first interviewed Steve Walker when he became Wolves chairman today. Some of the bullet points I make on what he said: three-year Premier League, three-year target to get into the Premier League, which basically Shit. happened. Um, he, he, he said he turned down fifteen other clubs, including Premiership sides. Um, Thirty million pound investment and not squandered on players who are big-time Charlies. Half and half, would say he's invested the money, but with hindsight, Jamie O'Hara. I'd say the first four years. Well, yeah, yeah first four years of his reign, that mm. that that was true. Yeah. But then came the O'Haras and Johnsons, yeah. which looked. Like they were going to be okay at the time, mm. but it turned into it turned into a complete shambles, and we we all know that. And uh, then... but we've almost gone back to that policy now of kind of young and hungry. But it's almost like we were we had that policy. We got into the Premier League, and we got to a point where we realised right, we need to evolve. We need to have quality players. But then he tends to shun the limelight and be a behind the scenes chairman, up to a point, up until the relegation, or that last season of the Premier League that did happen. And then he kind of came out into the public and. Has now since Jackie came in, literally went back in the line. We saw like once a season. Mm. I think the, uh, I think the telling point is that he either made knee-jerk reactions or he no, reacted far too slowly, yeah. and it, it was finding the balance between making making a good decision and making the right uh, and making mm. the right decision, which he got badly wrong. And, okay, fans have been calling for Mick McCarthy's head at the time. I don't think anyone would have complained about McCarthy being sacked had we have finished that season, I don't think, if we'd have gone down or some may have wanted him to have the chance of bringing us back up. Mm. I don't think too many would have complained if he'd have done it at the beginning of the season because I think the reality check was that Blackburn game at the end of the season mm. where we stayed up stayed up by effectively a, a point or a, a goal, whichever, yeah, way you yeah. look at, whichever way you look at it. I, I think the alarm bell should have rung then and he made the decision to stick with Mick and then he went and reversed that decision by first undermining him and then sacking him. Mm. And I, th- I think that was that was basically when the crack started to mm. show. From then on, he's, you know, in, in some cases it was the right decision to get mm. rid of Sol Bakken. It was the wrong decision to bring in D- Dean Saunders again, knee-jerk. Yeah. Saunders was appointed within 24 hours, which you very rarely see. Yeah. Um, and I think even I think even up until recently as well, there's been some bad decisions that have been made. Whether he's poorly advised or whether these are his own decisions and he's just gone out on a whim and decided to do something and regretted his, regretted his actions afterwards. Who knows? But I think poor decision making's the ultimate culprit here. I think it happens so often with brilliant businessmen as soon as they get in the football world they lose their mind completely oh absolutely and things just go from one stupid decision to another Vincent Tan perfect example Venkies yeah the the Portsmouth fast list list endless but then you got the other side of it where you got the Thai guy at <laughs> Thai guy the Thai guy at, um, <laughs> Leicester now the, um, the Thai guy who went to uh, Man City oh uh, Watcher. Yeah. yeah and then sold them, on, them to the shake so it can work but that's that's another subject altogether. <laughs> now, what happens with Wolves now is a new owner. Who will it be? How long will it take? What do Wolves need to look for? Now, presumably, this is a slightly scary time now. I know we had this with Sir Jack, and we and 
I think hindsight may look at, back at Steve Walker and think sensible man, just decisions weren't made correctly. But um, what direction do you think Wolves need to go into? And uh, uh, what are your guts telling you now? As as I say, what type of owner we need to go for, and potentially what type of person do you think is going to come in? There's one name that has cropped up in the past, which I wouldn't be too surprised to see mentioned over the next few weeks, and that's Milan Mandaric. I really would not be surprised. And what he's done, he gets an unfair rap for Portsmouth. He he's gone by the point that that all went south, but he, he he's been instrumental at Leicester, taking the club. Um, sorting it, sorting it, yeah, sorting it out, getting it back on solid ground, and then finding investors to come in. And he's done the same to an extent at Sheffield Wednesday mm. as well. Whether they'll kick on in the same manner that Leicester mm. did, time will tell. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Would I want it to happen? No, I don't know. No. I don't know. That sounds like he perhaps would be an interim chairman. Though. Mm. He'd come in, sort things out, and then look for investors again. But the thing is, if that's the case, he's going to come in. He's going to come in and uh, solidify everything, and mm. then sell the club on and take his whack. He's a businessman at the yeah. end of the day. That's what he's there to do. Well, you don't want you don't want someone like the uh, the Leeds guy who comes in and you get one manager every month. <laughs> yeah, that kind of situation. You want you want someone who's got at least a certain level of brain cells in their head about football. That's what the scary thing about you've got potential stereotypical foreign owners who come in to make money out of it. But it's the decisions that they make. And people like Kenny Jacket must be thinking right. Where does that put me in potentially a few months' time? If a, a new owner comes in, am I going to be their kind of person? A lot of fans would say you've got to keep Kenny Jacket, but it's the own decision at the end of the day. Some players might be like, actually, what's my future going to be like at the club now? If a new manager comes in, are they going to favour me? It it does create a massive uncertainty around the club at the worst time where we've had all these results. I think you just hit the nail on the head there, really. It's... Well, I'm done. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We, we we can speculate till the cows come home, and there's there's a certain section of our supporters that won't be happy unless Robert Plant buys the club and brings back Frimpong and Robbie Keane. But <laughs> it's but the fact that the fact of the matter is we we, we don't know what the interest is going to be. Mm. Um, there have been there's a there's a rumor that's surfaced every year about the uh, Tartar organisation sniffing around and with the Jaguar Land Rover build at um, I fifty four. There's always there's They've obviously got a footprint in the area yeah. now, but whether that room has ever ever had any legs or not, I don't know, but it's one that seems to resurface quite often. But I think it's just a case of wait and see. Mm. But the other the other side to look at as well is the fact that both Villa and Albion have been up on the market yeah. for, for a long time. And apart from the supposed Far East interest in Albion during the summer, where they're granted exclusivity and then it fell through, mm. there's there's been virtually no interest in either, <laughs> in either <laughs> club. How much are... Yeah. They value that album. 150 million, is it, from the, the reports in the what, papers? What that's, say, a, that's the Premier League tax on top of that, though, isn't it? What would you say, Wolves will value that 50 million, maybe? No, no I wouldn't even no. say that much. I'd say 30, you're talking, maybe, yeah, th- yeah, 30 a push. So get, that's buy what, Wolves and get promoted, then you've got a better yeah, asset. That's why I think we could potentially be more attractive. A, a more attractive yeah. option to an investor because it's the initial outlay is going to be five times smaller than Villa or Albion. When we're not, you know, the gap between us and the Villa and Albion isn't massive. Mm. You know, you know, there is a gap there. That's, we can't deny that. But if 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 they was to come in, buy us for thirty million, chuck another twenty million at the at the squad or the club, chances are you'd like to think we'd be in the Premier League. So for fifty million pound, they've got a Premier League mm. club. Whereas if you know for three times that amount, 
you're going to get the same outcome with with Villa yeah. or Albion. So maybe that's just me trying to be as optimistic as possible. But I mean, it makes sense. I think to me, in a way, I think you're right. But at the same time, you've got you've got conflicting views on whether a new owner is going to come in and want instant success. Mm-hmm. Or whether they're going to want to believe in this long-term foundation-based plan that yeah. Morgan has been, for all the goodwill in the world, trying to implement. Because I think that'll be on the criteria. If we always look for a new owner, for as best as possible, they'll say, if you want to come in, you've got to still invest in the huge... Well, they want, they want someone to come and, look at the, come and look at the academy and training facilities and think, yeah, I can, I can, I can see something developing here and whether it's a case of like Morgan, they, they're, they're happy to invest that initial three, four-year period mm-hmm. in, in, in obviously... Um, gradually building the club back up rather than expecting instant success then then so be it but there's there's no guarantees with that approach mm. and there isn't at the same time it's almost it's almost as culpable to error as the instant success approach mm. where you blow a load of money in the instance I mean look at what's happened to Hull they spent a lot of money and it's mm. blown up in mm. the face and then you get the likes of Burnley and Blackout and, and, and Blackpool that take a more measured approach, and it still doesn't work. Mm. So, I, 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 I don't know. We can speculate as to what's going to happen all we want, but until until we start to see genuine interest, I think it's uh, very much pie in the sky at the moment. I think the hope is that this is kind of resolved sooner rather than later. If the months drag on and there's no there's room and interest, it makes you think how long will Morgan want to keep investing? Can now, well, the club have said that. He'll keep investing until they find a new owner. If it keeps going on and on and on, how long is that going to happen? Is he just there? there and then, <clears throat> is he just going to be there to kind of just make sure the club's ticking over? Will we start seeing a lack of investment in players? We shall see. I think January will be interesting mm. to see, you know, how he plays his cards in January. The last bit of the um, parachute money as well before it all goes. But then. You never know, we might have a Jez Moxie-led consortium. Fuck. Um, no, by the time you listen to this, Wolves have done a press conference. And we've been brought it, out by some Arabs, and we're <laughs> the richest club in the world. Yeah. So by the time you listen to this, Wolves have already done a press conference, uh, presumably explaining everything that's happened. This is recorded on Wednesday night, so we're just, you know, guessing Steve Balls, the new chairman. Way. <laughs> um, where does this leave Jez Moxie? Potentially new owner? No more Jez? I think he's he's got to be the first one that we get shot off. He won't be, will he? He'll still be there, doing what he does, being hated by everyone, and he don't care. (laughs) He actually doesn't. That's the funniest thing. (laughs) He gets paid. He does what he's told, and that's that's it. Uncle Jez knows best. (laughs) He's technically survived three reigns already. I don't know whether a fourth is a bridge too far because obviously he was there for Sir Jack. Uh, He was there for Rick Hayward's reign, and then obviously now with Morgan, I I, I can't see him. (laughs) I can't see him staying for a fourth through a fourth era I really can't right let's move on for Morgan let's talk about new contracts James Henry and Kevin McDonald have signed new deals two years for James Henry with an option of a third Kevin McDonald three years Kevin McDonald finally it's done and it seems like it's working on the pitch as well what do we all think of the, the K-Mac deal talk with words I'm just glad it's sorted because <clears throat> as I've said before whilst it's been all up in the air, you know, his, his form's dipped massively. So hopefully now this can give him the kick up the backside. He's got no excuses um, to sort of say, you know, my head's not in the right place or whatever reasons he was being left out of the squad for. And at the end of the day, when he's on his game, 
he's a great midfielder, mm. you know, you can't deny that. So let's just hope for, for our sake that now this is all done and dusted, we we get the Kevin McDonald of old back. And, you know, if we don't get promoted and he has a good season, it means we get a bit of extra cash for him. A little money in the pocket. Yes, yeah. I don't <laughs> be controversial. I don't I would and he don't deserve it for how he's behaved. Mm. And his form last season was pretty shocking. Bar when when became in January and wherever, but saying that, hands up, he was man of the match last night. He was absolutely superb. So you can't you can't fault it. If he's if that's what his problem was and his head his head's gone moment and he's he's back in control of himself now mm. and then fair enough. Just He's here for three years. If if we don't go up and he's sold, we get some money for him. Fair enough. I think it's I, I think it's had a positive effect as well. Yeah. That's the other thing. I think it was the good news that we all needed last as fans. We all needed last week was we needed yeah. some Pick me some form of optimism around the place. And by the by the sound of things uh, from what CG said there, it's had the desired effect given yeah. the fact that I mean last uh, last night you could you could see by you could see by the match reports going on that it was constant McDonald through ball trying to find a phobie and, th- and that was when we were at our best last season when McDonald yeah. was playing those free balls free to either a phobie or Dicko and he, he was pulling the strings and I, I I do think having having Jack Price alongside him is going to help as well but um, I, I I do find the James Henry one slightly baffling considering what happened in the considering what happened in the summer, but at the same time I'm pleased it's happened mm. because I think he's probably been our most consistent player well, this season. Talking about what Stu said about Kevin McDonald playing not well enough, he's earned the deal of how he's played alone this yeah. season. Yeah, he's been our player of the season so yeah. far, I think. But he's he's like Kevin Fowler was saying, he's seven out of, seven out of ten every week. You know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, he ain't he ain't got any pace, but. When he's when he's on form, he, there's no better crosser at the ball of the club. So, was it two years with the option of a third? I think so. Yeah. Well, and now well, he's not he's not even twenty seven, something like that. So, it's a great deal. And you ain't going to get anyone like that for any cheaper, especially now we don't spend money anymore. So, and round of applause all round. I great, think great hair as well. You know. And beard as well. White man's afro. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not the best player we've got, but I think even if we was to get promoted, I still think he'd be a good squad player to have. Mm. You know, because he's not going to be on, on on mega books. And even in the Premier League, I think he could do a job. Not as first choice, but as a squad. But you know, yeah. as a squad player, you know, you're not going to be too disheartened if if James Emery's coming off the bench for the last twenty minutes. Um, and I, you know, I think as a club, it's it's important to get your first team players tied down because you don't want what we had with McDonald's and heads being turned and contracts coming to an end and losing players for free like Mm. we did with Sacco because you know he's got his contract even if he plays as a shocking season we can sell him but at least we can get some money for him which is the most important thing getting money for your players and not losing people for nothing. I think the other thing is, on, on that point there as well, how much did we pay for Henry? Was it about 250 It was undisclosed, wasn't it? But I think that's probably what I, it was. I think, the, I think the other thing that Luke alluded to there is, if, if we were, speaking hypothetically, to get promoted, 
if he is in the squad player, he's still the kind of player that could command a fairly decent transfer fee and a good mm. return on investment. I mean, I can see us easily getting well. There were rumours that he was going to Charlton for five hundred grand in the summer. You can see like a seven hundred fifty seven hundred fifty thousand move minimum for him. Oh if, yeah, if I can see a million on a good season. I can see And and it's. Uh, I, 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 I think it's a good move from that sense, and I'm pleased it's happened because I think he's one of our our players. I just I, I'm just slightly baffled about the fact that he was more or less discarded in pre-season, and Jacket seems to be happy for him to potentially move, and then all of a sudden he's back into the forefront, which does make me question the the plan around the first team at the moment because we've seen some quite baffling decisions this, mm. this, this season, you, not just not just with the not just with Henry, but with other players as well. Just pl- simply played his way back into the team yeah. in training. I mean, up until last night, I thought Jacket had gone mad, like clinically insane. But some of the things that have been going just on, rocking but, on the bench, yeah, exactly. Four, four, two, four, three, two, one, four, 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 five, one. <laughs> you get that little chair that Mick had when he had his knee operation, yeah. the special stool. The other thing is, it might just be as simple as that that he's he's been so impressive in training when your other options, the world's best Dutchman. Then <laughs> you ain't really got much option on the right, so sorry, oh, and gone, and on the left, as of that's his um his repertoire now. All I can think of now is do you remember Waterboy with the funds <laughs> where he has the playbook and he forgets he can't write any more plays. <laughs> I, well, I can Kenny Jacket with his that book and he's like I can't I don't know what tactics do anymore and he's just had that inspirational moment where. Oh, anyway, so great that Jason Henry and Kevin McDonald have signed new deals. So we're going to talk about the recent games, Preston and Fulham. We're just going to very briefly mention Preston, but because let's be honest, none of us went, did we? What, did you, you not go? Stu, oh, what's your excuse? Well, it's a new feature on the podcast now. Away day excuses. Stu's excuse. Yeah. The second one I haven't been to since 2006. <laughs> <laughs> it's my um, cousin's wedding in uh, Bonnie, Scotland. So oh, we, um, Scotland wedding. Yeah, so we, uh, me and my brother and the brother-in-law had twenty points in eleven hours on the Friday night. So it was a bit worse for wear for the wedding, but I'd got Alex <laughs> made up for it in the UAE. Really, standard. And I had more fun being hungover than going to Preston. Yeah, that's probably true. Luke Thompson, away day excuse. I'm not going to Preston. Can't be bothered to go. Can't <laughs> be bothered, Graham. I was in Birmingham trying to punt a rugby magazine to South Africans. <laughs> Tried to that's say, not a lie. Try to sell a magazine. I was looking after my niece and nephew for the week. So everyone had like a genuine excuse. Yeah. Um, but from you. But no, just just make something up. Yeah, just, has football on a Saturdays. Okay. 10 to 11, so it's hard for me to... There we go. You'd have got there from 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't go to an away match, please do tell us your away day excuses. Tweet them at WGFC Fancast. Email them in wallsfootballfancast at gmail.com. We'll read the best out. Preston, very briefly... Kevin McDonald, great last-minute goal. Apart from that, we weren't very good. That's the gist of it, really, isn't it? Long balls over, over the top to a Fowby when he can't hold the ball up. Although Alex said that um, Jed Wallace had a great game. Once again. Playing in, playing in the middle, yeah. off a Fowby, right? And then he, won, he didn't feature there last night. Uh, also, Preston had... <laughs> Preston had two men sent off. Let's be honest with you, if we were going to lose 1-0, I know it was late on the second send-off, but if we were going to lose 1-0, it would really have put things down to a, a new low at the minute this season. But we drew. Way. I still think it's unacceptable. Especially they were struggling. They hadn't won a game all yeah. season. Still. Of course they hadn't. Of course they hadn't. It was, a... <laughs> was going to be the game. Yeah. 
Kevin McDonald saved the day. Who also, by the way, has got a, a call up to the Scotland squad for the games against Poland and Gibraltar. He's going to save them. And he'll start against Gibraltar or make an appearance at least, I would think. It'd be very hard if he doesn't. I'd be hoping he'd score against Gibraltar, <laughs> yeah. make an appearance. Have you not seen? Have you not seen these results against Gibraltar? <laughs> I was shocked the other week that Arne only put four, I think Arne only put four past them yeah. or something. Is that like Gibraltar's best resort well, in qualifying? But the thing is, they 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 were up in arms. They were up in arms because they yeah. scored at Hamden Park. It was the yeah. first time they scored in competitive football yeah. for God knows how long. Ever? I watched that live. Ever? It, it yeah. was right. it was fantastic. The was. Do you see the video of San Marino? Yeah, when they scored away? yeah, beautiful. That fantastic. One. I mean, they shouldn't be in the qualifications, but fantastic. Let's talk about Fulham then. None of us, I don't think, or most of us didn't expect it, but Wolves won 3-0 away. Richard Stearman's Fulham on Tuesday night. <laughs> Goals from Lafondra, Ojo and James Henry gave Wolves an emphatic win. Stu, you were the fan castaway advocate. Just in general, firstly, we hear a lot of things about how it was the standout performance of the season. Is that statement correct? Pure euphoria. I think it sums it up. It was absolutely superb. Com- completely unexpected, but... From start from kickoff till when we're taking the piss out of them for the last twelve minutes of the game, just passing it amongst ourselves, it was just total control. And we we had a game of total control since maybe even League One. I can't, can you think of one last last season when we were like that? Maybe we like that though. Maybe the, Fulham. maybe the Fulham game where we were we were in mm. control, but there was always that where we could have stepped it up again. That was yeah. Fulham at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's on the the, the, cup, the two game, away games at Fulham last year would die. Yeah, yeah, that and he said the same thing then that where we could step up a gear against them. Mm. Last night, we could have stepped up four or five and six, and we mm. it should have been three nil before the sending off. It was absolutely brilliant. Everyone, everyone had a great game. You had I offer back to his best. Um, <laughs> I know you know Danny Ba only in the team because he's from Briley Hill, but. I think we've been crying out for him. We, we have missed him so much, he's unbelievable. In, even House looked decent mm. next to him. Because I mean, Stephen, however wonderfully he, he was, whatever, he's not really even an organiser of man, is he? Sadly. But with Bath next to him, House was, he knew what he was supposed to be doing. It was, it was unbelievable. And then you had Price next to McDonald, all like last season and the year before. And you had them two just holding. And then you had a phobia in the number 10, which. Looking at the team sheet beforehand, I thought, well, why is he doing this again? Especially with Jed Wallace having such a good game at Preston. But Lafondra held the ball up so well. Mm. And considering he's not really that... Was he about 5 foot 10 or something like that? He's not very tall, is he? He's never, In a he's good never been that type of player either, which is yeah. surprising. Yeah. And he held the ball up well and he was knocking it off. Byrne looks looks promising. Um, Has he got pies to burn? Excellent oh, yeah. work. Well, he missed a good opportunity in the first half. Yeah, the really fir- should have finished I think- it. At the time, I thought, well, that, it's rebound. He, he's been unlucky there because the the guy's, I don't know what he's trying to do, head it, he's, he's trying to head it over the bar and he's headed in. The keeper's made a decent save, pushed it back out into the middle and he's just jumped at it like some kind of shire horse. <laughs> and he, he's just it's just gone wide. And I thought at the time, well, it's it's unlucky to come back to him. And looking at the replay, it's, he should have scored, really. I mean, Afobi had one where... He had the ball almost bully-like, and with his back to goal turned and got his shot off, but it was pretty much straight at Lonergan. And there was another one as well that he didn't show it on the highlights. That it was a, a brilliant cross from Burn. He came over, and he, he tried a, a, a Rooney kick against Rooney scissor kick against Man City. He tried that and completely missed the ball. He <laughs> <laughs> was absolutely nowhere near it. And he could have just gone with his head, but and then the James Henry shot, and it, yeah, the first it was just it was just wonderful. 
a, yeah. s- a slight negative tangent before we go back into positive. I'm slightly concerned about Phoebe at the minute, and he's not getting the goals. And I think a player like him, once you know he gets a couple, he breeds on that, those goals and continues. And I, that that chance again in the first half, you would and the Phoebe last season would have finished that off. He needs to stop. When was his getting... last goal now? Oh, come on, people! That's the favourite goal. Scored, he scored early oh, on, didn't he? He scored uh, Blackburn, Blackburn, obviously. Um, but in the league, come on, people! We know this. Blackburn. I'm sure it was. That was his last league goal. And he scored against. Um, did he score against? He scored penalty against Newport, didn't he? Mm. I'm sure that was. His no, last... he scored against Bolton. The penalty. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But his last potential goal in open play was. Yeah, was Blackburn. 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 That's you know, and I was, I was getting a bit worried with Lafondra, thinking he needs to start getting these goals here, otherwise people are going to start going a season-long loan. Is this going to work? But Phoebe, this, I think that's the danger you're playing him in number ten sometimes, and I think he needs to get a goal somehow because it, his confidence is going to go. But saying saying that. His head don't drop. He, yeah. he didn't hide, and he he was chasing. I mean, that, that's probably the, the one criticism of him. He's chasing back way too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the times in the second half when he was in our penalty area. There was no need for him. He just wanted the ball. Which you're going to think, well, he's still relatively young. But Harry Kane's only scored one goal as well mm. this season. So, and it, 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 he's getting chance. But then can we? We haven't really been creating much the last few weeks, I have know. we? I think, I, I, I think he's helped. Helped. I think you'd be hard push to criticise him for his lack of goals when you look at like games like against Brighton where there was just nothing mm. and other, other, other games of that ilk where we, we just weren't creating enough. I mean, I'm bothered about his lack of goals too but that's more to uh, do with the fact that I think both myself and somebody else in the room may have picked him for championship top goal scorer in our uh, early season I'll predictions. I for Bradford as well. I don't even think he scored this season. <laughs> I don't think he plays. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back on to let's go on to the goals then. Uh, Lafondre's goal first, which is nice. It looks like it was a shot from Ojo and Lafondre. Little head, little tap, and he went yeah, to. Yeah, it was. It was going in anyway, regardless. Yeah. But one, I will say about Ojo. Somehow, he's ripped in the space of two weeks. He's 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 got on the weights. He's listened, and now he's got body strength from from somewhere where he was getting just knocked off the ball and falling over all the time. He's got upper body strength and close control, and he looks like a different player. Mm. He sucks off, though. <laughs> really bad. Why? What, too colourful? Let me not throw where he wears his socks. Is it? Really low. It's just like so... Like Yeah. Is there an appropriate uses of software? Is it like... Me oh, personally, it's got to be above the knee. Like you want about the seat oh, really? yeah. of the week when you were saying you thought he was wearing them little shin pads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. you were. Is that Grealish does that as well? I know, it's yeah. annoying. It's pathetic. <laughs> This, uh, is, this is the bond game, though. One world. <laughs> you, you can have them little bits of... You might as well just have newspaper down there. Because it ain't going to protect you. Yeah. But no, no one does, it not annoy, is it, does it not annoy anyone else? I don't really notice. <laughs> I've never, I've never noticed. Look at players' legs, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Do you not? Oh, oh, look, look, the football look, oh, look at that shin pad. Oh, he's got the X5. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> uh, OJ's goal, again. But it was a bit of a uh, haphazard thing for the goalkeeper. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do. It's like he's tried to gather it in his in his hands and then kick it at the same time and fell over himself. It, it was ridiculous. Massimo, Massimo Taibbi esque. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh... Was he trying to score pinky from a really low oh. level? He <laughs> he it esque. I don't know what happened to him. He he just completely lost his mind. Jacket style. But he's um, yeah. It was it was it was nice to see him actually having a shot yeah. rather than just pass 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 all the time. And the final goal, James Henry. 
Lovely free kick. Little, lovely little top left-hand corner. That's what he can do. Out of the locker. Placement. Indeed. But the funny thing about that, you don't show it on there, that Goldborn was setting up. He was setting up his stall. And I thought, oh, is this going to be a Scottish be- Scottish special? This has never happened before. And it was just... Has Scott Goldborn scored a free kick for us before? I can't think so. Just going to literally throw it out there. Where has he scored a from? shot for us? Yeah, the, the only goal I remember is that one against Swindon. Yeah, where it looked was. like a cross and it went in. No, season before that, I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, I, think, I think the encouraging thing from last night is the fact that Jacket's been saying for a few weeks now he's in search of the right blend and it mm. appears that he may have found it. I know there's a lot of criticism last night saying that it was against 10 men, but mm. by, by the sounds of things, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, but it sounded like we dominated the game completely, even when yeah. they had 11, game, uh, it was 11 a, men. It was a proper goal blend. It was superb. Was it, was it surprising? This is a Fulham team who had beaten QPR at home 4-0 I think that's what a reason why a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Were were Fulham just not good, or were Wolves just too dominant? Was it just a surprise that Fulham perhaps didn't put up a they didn't, fight? They didn't play well when they weren't embarrassing. Mm. I think we just we just were exceptional. I mean, they're, they're still when they were going forward, we still look well. I think we were accustomed yeah. to it now, just to fear the worst. But we dealt with everything, and um, Martinez had. A few shots that were straight at him and a couple of catches which he dealt with superbly again. Mm. But apart from that, he didn't really have a shot to save. Stearman and O'Hara assessment? Stearman, absolute top class. Yeah. He came he came out and the handshakes and stuff, he ran over to the Wolves fans first. Round of applause to everyone and all reciprocating everything. The Fulham fans clapping him for doing that. Yeah. Not what well, you think, well. Yeah. Jamie got a nice welcome as well. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it got some doctor, you know, Michael Burrows. He was saying, and the Wolves fans, they're waving. They're waving at Jamie. They're waving him off the pitch. I can't tell you which way the hands are facing, but they're moving. <laughs> and I just thought, that's brilliant, that is. Did he, um, Stephen, went, was the last player on the pitch as well, went to the, yeah. the Wolves fans? Yeah, he, he was He was doing it. I mean, they were st- singing the uh, Stephen songs and everything, all, all of them, even Football Genius. But I guess Steeman never got a sent like he never no, got he a goodbye. That, that was his chance, really. And I guess yeah. when he comes back to Molyneux to the, the you know the, the, the home ground, he'll have that more of a send off. Playing on the pitch though, because I've heard things. Jamie Horror's been playing all right this season. He was their best player. <laughs> he got Player of the Month. All nominated for Player of the yeah. Month, didn't he? In the he, was, he was their best player. But he um, he was their best player. He was knocking knocking the ball around really well. To be fair, more of a Jamie Horror of old when he first came. When to he us. was on loan, yeah, yeah, very much like that. But he's he's still got no pace at all. Not nothing there with that way, but yeah, he was their best player on the night. So all in all, gentlemen, finally a win. We actually got three points on the board. We know what it's like to win a game again. Good yeah. feeling on a Wednesday morning waking up realizing Wolves had won so convincingly as well. Couldn't work out what had happened. <laughs> really couldn't. I still got. I, I, it still doesn't feel right now. Yeah. After the last few weeks, it's. It's all right. Well, it, 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 weren't, it weren't as bad as after the Charlton game where um, I. Flying back from flying back from France at the time, I get on the plane. The last thing I see is Stimmons potentially being sold, and I land sold two players and one. And I'm like thinking, well, what the hell's happened here? How am I supposed to, <laughs> am I supposed to react? And um, I it's a strange feeling at the moment, but I just yeah. hope that we're going to kick on, beat Huddersfield on Saturday, and, and and get a little run going now because three points off the playoffs, um, and 
you got to take into you got to take into account that all the other teams have to play as well. But there's no reason why if we string a couple of wins together now, we can't be in the top six and be in the hunt. And we'll move nicely onto Huddersfield at the weekend on Saturday. Uh, lunchtime kickoff. It's on Sky as well, so if you just can't be asked to go for the game, you can just <laughs> sell at home, watch it on the telly. Uh, Wolves obviously beating uh, Fulham midweek. Gentlemen, I'm going to do the usual thing of who do you know from Huddersfield? Naki Wells. Naki Wells, who we were we trying to get him at one point. Was it in League One? Or I think there's there a lot of rumours, but I don't think there's ever anything uh, anything concrete. Obviously, Conor Cody's former team as well. Last season at Molyneux, it was a 3 0 loss. Would have a shot because I think we would have gone top if mm. we won that game. And obviously, away from home, Wolves won 4 1. Uh, what do we think of our chances against. Huddersfield. What what's what's their nickname these days? Terriusy. It used to be Terriers, unless they've changed it. Well, I demand to know this answer. Anyway, Huddersfield. Personally, I think they're yeah. poor. I think they're poor. I think they're one of the worst teams in the division, along with Rotherham and Preston. I think they're the three worst teams in the division. And I'd be disappointed if we didn't get three points on Saturday. Cody was their best player. Yeah. And he's not there, isn't he? And so. still got James Vaughan. I think so. If they are Breeze, he's getting on a bit. He yeah. There's not. That's the thing with Huddersfield. It's like, it's the Brighton situation again, or like with one of our stupid bogey teams that shouldn't be a bogey team. Mm. And there's always that back of the mind thing and uh, opportunity to humiliate ourselves live on Sky again. But I just got, after last night, I can't see us not thrashing them. Oh, the, oh the, the the hope that Wolves gives us after a win. But it, it, it was just so good. It was it was so good that I'm actually I'm I'm focused. I'm focused on the thought that it could be four or five. Someone's going to get a proper tanking soon. Well, their recent results in September: the last four games, uh, they lost away to Cardiff two nil, uh, but beat Charlton away two one. Uh, lost a win at home to Bolton four one, and their most recent result uh, they drew at home to Nottingham Forest one all. So. Undefeated at the moment, not on a bad streak, um, and they've just recently signed. I'm just padding here, everyone. Just padding. It's going to be easy sport. They've recently signed um, League One's Scunthorpe United's. What? That doesn't make sense. Um, Murray Wallace to the end of October on loan. That's what. Are you sure Murray Wallace hasn't gone to Scunthorpe on loan? <laughs> because I think yes, it's the other way around. <laughs> Scunthorpe extending more than one. This is, this is how much preparation we do on this podcast. Really preparing up the hair. I, I think after Tuesday, we put ourselves in a good position there to go, to yeah. go on a run, which we need, you know, because we haven't had the best start. Like Stuart mentioned, or was it Graham earlier? We're only three points off the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Amazingly. A win Saturday lunchtime, you know. It's go. pressure on everyone else. Yeah, and then, and then obviously see how the results go at three o'clock. But... You know, if we could go on a little run, maybe win three of the next four, then we, you know, we can start to feel a bit more positive, and and the players can get the confidence back, um, because I think that's been lacking as well a little bit this season. But, but if 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 we are gonna mount a playoff challenge, then we need to get more consistent, and we need to start putting some points on the board and. And seeing teams off like Preston, you know, that's, that's a game that we, we should have won when mm. they've been down to 10 for uh, 70 minutes. Brighton at home, okay, yeah, you'll take a point after what happened with us getting a red card. Um, but, you know, games like QPR at home, you know, we need to 
We need to cut the silliness mm. out and, and be a bit more ruthless. Huddersfield are 16th in the league at the moment. I know it's really early because it's only got game 10. I think we're going up to now. Uh, but that's well. I just wanted to mention, somebody put a tweet out about the home and away tables between the two teams. Uh, at home, Wolves fare worse. Wolves are 16th in the home table this season. Uh, where Huddersfield are 12th. In the away table, Wolves are 8th. Huddersfield are 21st. So you're based on tables... We're going to get a win, lads. We're going to get a win. And um, on the form table, we're actually only basically a space between us. Well, uh, Huddersfield are 13th, Wolves are 15th. I don't really want to base anything on stats or chance when it's Huddersfield and Huddersfield have Sean Scannell, who is notorious for having pretty decent games at Molyneux. And I'm a bit, well, I've probably just put the kiss of death on it there, but at the same time... I, I I know it's a cliche, but I don't think there's an easy game in this league no. at the moment. And I think we've proved that time and time again this season. I think it's a, I think it's a much tougher league than last time, but we've got to be beaten. And you know what will happen? We'll lose. Got to be beating yeah. Huddersfield at home. We'll but lose. It'll be like, oh, we beat Fulham on Tuesday. We can't beat Huddersfield. Last at home. last last two games against Huddersfield at Molyneux, we've lost both of them three. Yeah. So put a bet on, <laughs> Luke. What's the betting odds on that? I don't know. Just make up an odd. No. Three one Huddersfield. Yeah. Let's go to win 3 1. 28 to 1. Put a bit on it. There you go. Fantastic flutter. <coughs> I think as long as he doesn't mess about and things are just left as they were last night, then I, I seriously can't see us not winning. Keep the same team. Really. Keep the same team. Keep the same formation. Same way of playing. Just go at them from the start. Not get tired after 10 minutes and then sit back after one. If we get one, like we have done so far this mm. season. Just go out and just keep going at them. It's the best way. Because up until. Like, the last couple of games we couldn't defend let alone anything else so just attack why not we're at home I think the interesting thing for me is going to be what happens with uh, Cody potentially coming mm. back into the side because I, I, I didn't realise earlier that League Cup games now take a, a, a now part of the ban and apparently that's been in place for 10 years but it must have passed me by completely <laughs> but um, obviously um, he's coming back into the frame now it's going to depend on whether Jacket wants to stick with a trial and tested Price and McDonald partnership, yeah. which I think he personally should, or whether he tries to reintegrate Cody mm. or not. But that's the only that's the only change I can foresee yeah. from last night's team. Let's do fancast predictions then for Huddersfield uh, on Saturday lunchtime. It's on Sky, so again, if you just can't be bothered to go down to Molly, do go buy tickets. Support the club, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stu, I'll start with you first. You got it now. Walls v Huddersfield Town. Four now. 4-0. Yeah. Wow. Just pure confidence. There we go. Out of nowhere. Luke Thompson. 3-1 Wolves. 3-1 Wolves. A reversal of mm. uh, recent years. Graham Large. I'm going to go with 2-1 Wolves. 2-1 Wolves. I think we've got to, I think we've got to beat them at some point. But I'm not confident that it's going to be completely one-way traffic even after last night. I've got to tell me 3-0 Wolves. 3-0 Wolves. A classic, normal, relaxing 3-0 win. You know, as a kid, you just like, how do Wolves get on? We want to know. Good, Cameron play. <laughs> no, no worried about it. It was just a standard championship win in the days. That's what I'm expecting. As you just Steve Ball and David Kelly with the goals yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah, that's all you need to know. Uh, so that's uh, all we've got time for on this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Opera Creative, looking for a new website or web solution for your business or venture. Uh, follow on uh, operacreative.com follow us on Twitter at WWFC Fancast Facebook 
Wolves Football Fancast Show, or it could be Wolves Fancast if my Facebook approval goes through in the next couple of days. Uh, and also you can email us at wolvesfootballfancast at gmail.com. Check out our website. We've got a piece on Morgan's time at Wolves. Stu's got his match report for Fulham Yay. at wolvesfancast.com. Um, and that's it, really. Oh, apart from last season, we did a big thing on where where in the world do you listen to the Wolves Fancast? We found out there were people in America, Australia, Asia... Mm-hmm. Uh, New Zealand, South Africa, they listen to us. We want to know now when do you listen to the podcast? Is it on your commute to work? Is it when you come home for work in the evening? Is it on a weekend? Any particular reason of when you listen to the podcast? Let us know at wolvesfootballfancast at gmail.com or tweet us at, at doobadoofcfancast. We want to read some of the best ones out next week. Most of them will be when I'm on the loo, I'm guessing. The hell with you? Have a <laughs> <laughs> Mine's on a Friday morning. On my way to work, even if I've been on. <laughs> I've done that more Critiquing than Critiquing yourself? Yeah. Gotta say that I only listen if I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You listen every yeah, week because you're a loyal listener. So, yeah. uh, what, every Friday? Friday morning, uh, 20, past, 20 past 6 in the morning, get up on my way to work, go the, go the long way around, and then listen to it, and then actually start. Very good. Every Friday. So, let us know. Uh, get in touch and let us know when you listen. So, for this week, it is bye from Graham. Cheerio. Bye from Luke Thompson. See you later. Bye from Stu. Adios. Thanks bye from me. See you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.